Hello and welcome to the 305th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm Matt Perkins. And a flag route across the Harpeth River, but with no red flags on his resume, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. Yeah, no uh, George O'Leary going on here. I'm not uh, faking anything on my resume, so we're, we're good to go there. I'm excited to be back, uh, and we'll... Uh, Let's get this thing rolling, man. Well, we can't get rolling without the third amigo in the second city. And speaking of faking, a man who never fakes the funk on a nasty dunk, it's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook. Hey, if we're going to talk about dunks, how about uh, Chris Murray with 30 points last night in the uh, beatdown of Omaha? Omaha? <laughs> Omaha? There we go. Uh, Some uh, Iowa. Yeah, clearly. Uh, Omaha! With the Hayden Fry hat still. Uh, love it, Josh. Um, well, we are going to get into all, a whole bunch of stuff here tonight here on Illegal Motion Podcast, brought to you by MikeFarrellSports.com and BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains our presenting sponsor and the number one site in the entire world for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at betonline.ag. So head on over to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit over at betonline.ag, betonline, where the game starts. All right, guys, last week, as everyone knows, had a special episode. Um, We got some... Uh, we got some emails uh, and some notes back from the fans uh, who who really appreciate what we did. So I wanted to thank you guys for uh, for sticking with us and uh, you know just sending your support. Some of you guys were able to donate to the GoFundMe's for the different players, and that was uh, also really really touching to see. So thank you for everyone who continues to support um, the uh, the families of the victims of the tragedy that happened at UVA. Um, Obviously, still with everything that's going on in the news, we saw Colorado Springs this weekend, uh, you know, gun violence remains in the news, unfortunately, and it's a part of everyday life. But um, we need to continue, unfortunately, to move, you know, for better or for worse here forward on the show. And we are going to, um, you know, we didn't really talk about the week 11 games last week. And so here we are. We've got two weeks of games uh, to look back onto. So we're going to sort of go whip around. What have we seen over the last two weeks? And so, Josh, you actually started uh, by asking us, you know, what were sort of the two things that stood out to you over the last two weeks? And I'm going to start here because uh, I was in the house for Vandy, Florida this past weekend. And I actually watched every snap of Vandy, Kentucky last weekend. So to me, obviously, well, the thing that stands out to me is Vanderbilt was back. Uh, this Vanderbilt team is really interesting. Back-to-back uh, winning streak or back-to-back wins in SEC play for the first time since 2019. More than a thousand days. Um, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, beating a ranked Kentucky team on the road. I don't care how bad you know Will Levis looks in that game. That's still a ranked team with a good offensive line and a solid defense. And then containing uh, Florida enough this past weekend and capitalizing on mistakes, this Vanderbilt team plays hard, coach, and they play harder than any. They play harder every snap to snap than any Vandy team I've seen since the Coach Franklin teams of 2012 and 2013. And even then, I would say that this team just plays extremely hard because yeah. if you look at the stats, it's kind of funny. I, I was looking at it and saw that uh, Anthony Richardson threw for 400 yards, mm-hmm. and I was like. Oh my God! Like if you were to tell me that Anthony Richardson threw for 400 yards against anybody, that team's probably winning by a lot. And at times, Vanderbilt looked dominant 
mm-hmm. over Florida. And you know why? Because they were pushing they, him they around. They let him do that because they completely negated his running ability in that game. Yeah. And, and that is Vanderbilt is going to have to win in the SEC with scheme. And they are starting to win with scheme and smart players and playing hard. And that's the only way you can win at Vanderbilt. And they're starting to do so. Coach, what has been your biggest takeaway over the last two weeks? Well, uh, I will say this. Um, South Carolina really impressed me. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend, you and I talked about it. Um, happy belated birthday, by the way. Thank you, sir. Um, you came over and got your treats uh, from us. Buffalo and I can't believe that South Carolina, I didn't think South Carolina could score 63 points in practice um, <laughs> collectively over the course of the season. But Rattler had the best game he's probably ever had and ever will have. Uh, against Tennessee, throwing six touchdowns. Um, they looked damn near flawless. Tennessee couldn't do much. Um, Hidden Hooker, now, unfortunately, goes down with yep. the torn ACL. So that's that's sad news. Uh, he, he had such a great career at Tennessee. Um, there was some – and then this whole – you know, uh, another thing that stood out is this whole Lane Kiffin saga, how it's a – you know, how – He's not going distraction to Auburn. Of a coaching He's not search. going to Auburn. He's not going He's to not, but – this whole distraction has really affected what this team has done over the last two weeks. I mean, they lose a game they probably shouldn't have against Alabama. Definitely not. And then they get they get absolutely curb stomped by Arkansas. That was embarrassing. Like, that's the only thing I can look at to 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 explain. It's like, well, this team's gone through a bunch of distractions, and they're not they're not mature enough as a team to handle all of that. So they couldn't quite try to figure that out. The USC-UCLA game really impressed me. Caleb Williams has has certainly impressed me as one of the nation's top quarterbacks as well. So Yeah, 40 touchdowns and three turnovers this season. Uh, he, he's been outstanding. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, that, that game in a lot of ways came down to who's going to have the ball at the end. And UCLA had it, and DCR threw a pick, and I was honestly shocked that he threw that pick, Josh, um, mm-hmm. because – I was pretty convinced that they were going to go down and score, and it was just going to be the kind of the last guy who had the ball. So, um, but Josh, what stood out to you over the last two weeks? Well, uh, quick shout out to UConn for making a bowl um, yeah. that happened a couple weeks ago when they beat Liberty. Uh, we bumped that for obvious reasons, but uh, I'm I'm actually glad Coach brought up the Pac-12 for a moment because uh, I've had the most ranked teams out of the Pac-12 now for weeks. I think it's the deepest Oregon league. State, man. Um, yeah, and uh, I wanted to talk about two teams that will not win the Pac-12, um, but have really caught my eye. Uh, the first is Washington. Um, you know, they're they're riding a, a five-game winning streak. They're up to nine and two on the season, um, six and two in conference. They're so just going to... Mi- miss out on the title game but uh Kalen DeBoer just got an extension a couple hours ago as we record yeah um but but in this in this winning streak they took down Oregon State a team that I think very highly of uh then they traveled to Outson and took down the Ducks um and then last week they absolutely drubbed Colorado they're coming into that always exciting Apple Cup uh playing really well they just got to get past those pesky uh uh, Wazoo Cougars and and Washington's going to be a double digit (laughs) Winner and really um, off to an impressive bowl game, I think. And then the other team I wanted to talk about, they're a team that uh, I kept the faith. I kept them in my poll even after they lost to Washington. To me, that was a totally even matchup. If you're going to rank Washington, you have to rank Oregon State. Um, They've won five of their last six. Their one loss was that Washington game. 
last two weeks, they've allowed just 17 points. And I know it's Cal and I know it's Arizona State, but 17 points over two games that are both absolute blowouts is really impressive because it's easy to give up points at the end of the game with your second, third, fourth stringers in. Uh, They take on Oregon. It's a massive game for Oregon. Uh, Oregon's going to have all the pressure on them. It's in Outson. But uh, the Beavers are a really good team that would love nothing more than to win their rivalry and totally disrupt Oregon's dreams of uh, of sneak into the playoffs here at the eleventh hour. I'm um, I'm excited to talk about the Civil yeah. War a, a, a little bit later. One other thing, yeah. though, I, I want to get to Coach. W- one thing that stood out to me is just the dysfunction in the ACC, and that is capped with Georgia Tech beating UNC. I mean, come on, come on, like, hey, hey, we gotta get. Are we props surprised? To, 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 well, no, we we got. Hey, we, uh, no. First of all, we have to give props to this Georgia Tech team that has completely yeah. turned it around. Jeff Collins. They're an upset away. Problem. They're an upset away over your dogs from a bull. Coach. I mean, I, 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 I love a good upset, but that that the Ramblin' Wreck are not ready for the dogs' defense. But hey, there the was a, there especially was a, in Athens. There was in a Athens, Florida no. State team that thought uh, thought the same over like a three and seven Georgia Tech team, and it, they I, had a walk off kick six. But, uh, Coach, the rest of the ACC, I mean, it's just – it's in shambles. Clemson, I mean, they beat a downtrodden Miami team, but like, they are not impressive whatsoever. I mean, yeah, their defense is solid, but when I look at them going up against the rest of the ACC, well, the rest of the ACC offenses are junk. Like, this <laughs> conference has fallen off so hard here at the end of this season. I don't see a path for Clemson to get to the playoff, even if they win out. No, I mean, this 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 conference is – Complete and utter garbage. I mean, Wake Forest is falling apart. Yep. UNC can't stop a little league team. Um, Louisville is like near the top of their division. That says a lot. They've, well, Louisville's they've Jekyll year. and Hyde. Louisville one yeah. week they look like the greatest show on turf, and the next week they're the Jets. Yeah, exactly. Um, then I mean, it's just every team you talk about is just. There's some massive gaping hole where water's rushing in and flooding mm-hmm. their program and and just completely derailing them. NC State fell apart. Uh, Miami is, well, they're just god awful. Uh, Syracuse <laughs> fell apart after a couple injuries. They're not very deep, but you know they had a good run for a minute. And Clemson is just paper mache, man. They're you know they look tough. They look impressive. They come out there, and then all of a sudden you're just like, well, okay, these guys aren't really that tough at all. So one of my new bugaboos has been noticing people on in the media who say Clemson instead of Clemson. They say Clemson. Like it sounds like they have a P in there. And I'm starting to Clemson. notice it more. Clemson. And I'm starting to notice it Clemson. more and more. And it's driving me absolutely insane. Okay, Josh, we're pretty much out of time. What's your one last thing? Clemson. Um, Clemson. My, my, one, my one last thing actually comes from a few weeks ago. We just couldn't quite fit it in. And um, it, it just kind of got embarrassingly long, but I wanted to give a shout out to uh, former Iowa defensive coordinator, Bill Brashear. He he passed away a few years ago or a few weeks ago Um, at age 93. He was Hayden Fry's defensive coordinator for 17 years. They were lifelong friends. Um, He's like the only person from Hayden Fry's amazing staff to never take a head coaching job. Uh, Bob Stoops summed it up pretty perfectly. He said, quote, he was awesome. 
um, among the coaches that were on that defensive staff with Bill Brashear were the Bob Stoops that I just mentioned. His linebacker coach for a while was Barry, Barry Alvarez. His defensive line coach for a while was Dan McCarney at Iowa State. Uh, he had Mark Stoops way back as a grad assistant many, many moons ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, kind of uh, end of an era. Fry passed away a few years ago, and, and now his defensive coordinator passed did away Bert, a few years did ago. Did Burt work under him too? Or did he just play under him? Uh, he would have played under him. I, um, I don't know if they would have overlapped any uh, when... Uh, I can't when, remember if, if Brett joined the staff in Iowa when Hayden was still there or if uh, that was in like the first yeah. or second year of the Ferentz era. But uh, yeah, hats off. Um, that's a really, really nice note there, Josh. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, the next thing though, guys, uh, that we're going to get to, um, before we talk, um, about, well, uh, some, what could happen for some title games is the FCS playoff is here. And, uh, that, and that is for us, <laughs> anyone who's been listening to us, uh, for more than just this season knows that we love the FCS playoffs. And so the bracket is out. It dropped, you know, a couple hours before we tape here on Tuesday nights. So um, we're going to, you know, let's run down the bracket quick, Josh. And we are going to start uh, with the team that I have picked uh, to win the title the last few years. Haven't done so. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits. They are the one seed for a reason. They have an absolutely dominant team. They're in a really interesting region, though, um, with Holy Cross as the other seeded team that gets that first mm-hmm. round by. Um, we've got Delaware and St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Um, they will the winner of that game will take on South Dakota State, and the winner of New Hampshire Fordham will take on Holy Cross. And the team uh, you need to say, oh, okay, I'm the guy from the Grand State. I want to talk about New Hampshire. No, I want to talk about Fordham. Fordham's Ooh. passing offense is unreal. They have. 20% more passing yards than the second team in the country in FCS. This is a team that's averaging over 420 yards a game passing. And that's going to be really, really interesting, especially stylistically going up against New Hampshire, New Hampshire, obviously um, in uh, that powerhouse of this, of, of a CAA league, um, which is much more known as a defensive grinded out league. Fordham's just going to try to air it out. Josh, for me, that is a really interesting matchup in the first round in terms of how styles make fights. We're going to see, you know, which team dictates style. I think it's going to be which team actually wins the game. Yeah, what's scary when you look at Fordham, too, is you mentioned all their passing stats. They also have a thousand yard back and Trey Sneed. So it's it just feels like New Hampshire, a little bit bigger league, CAA, a little bit more well-respected. Um, but, uh, I think, I think they might get, get smacked by this Fordham team, uh, with their high octane offense and Fordham, uh, should be really hungry for a win because if they win, they take on a team from their own conference, Holy Cross, you know, they're going to want to spoiler play spoiler to Holy Cross. Um, looking at that Delaware St. Francis game. Uh, Delaware, again, a CAA team. These teams get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of respect. With yeah, so for reason. those of you this who is, actually aren't, you know, yeah. F- FCS people, two yeah. major conferences, the two major powers in the FCS, the Missouri Valley Football Conference, that's where your North Dakota States and South Dakota States come from. Yeah. They're the SEC of of FCS. And, and SOCON, obviously. Oh, wait. <laughs> the Colonial is, is effectively the Big Ten. 
You've got yeah. your, you've got, you know, New Hampshire, Richmond, Albany, like so, some of these really, really solid teams. Yeah. James Madison came mm-hmm. out of the uh, this colonial, but yeah. So the interesting thing with that Delaware St. Francis game is Delaware is limping in. They've lost three of their last four and their one win was against Monmouth who, uh, well, you know, they were under 500. So you're not learning too much from that game. Uh, I think overall, looking at this region, I really don't see any of these teams in South Dakota's league. I know Holy Cross went undefeated this year, but Holy Cross is from the Patriot League, and there's a reason why an undefeated team is going to be a five seed, or excuse me, the eight seed, is because it's the it's the Patriot. The Patriot is probably the American. You know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's I, I think it's that's a not, generous. I would say that I, okay. I think you're, you're probably closer to CUSA. Um, I mean, Maybe, it is yeah, not a, so. it, it's not a great league. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. also interesting that they're seated eighth, but they're actually ranked sixth in the polls. And so, yeah. you, you know, the committee seating this doesn't respect them as much as, you know, a media yeah. poll does, which would make sense. You know, media always loves the undefeated narrative. Yeah. We got to keep moving on, but, though. I want to move down well, to the last thing I want to say. Last thing I want to say about Holy Cross is they have an incredible individual talent. Their quarterback, Matthew Solka, also their leading rusher. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk William and Mary, uh, the five seed, Montana State, the four seed down, um, and what uh, in, in the four or five region. However, uh, a couple, I think the matchup of the first round here, Weber State, North Dakota. Weber State has been a power, but they haven't had the best season, but they've got as much talent, Josh, as any team in FCS. They do. Um, I, I just, you know, I like their coach. I, I talked about how their coach should get some looks at at a bigger time job. Um, It's just been a hard year at times for them. I mean, to be Um, fair, this is, we're calling a nine and two, a hard year. So, I mean, this is the standard though. But, but the, but the problem is, and this is going to be a great analogy. You guys are going to love this one. Weber state this year was Penn state. They finished six and two. They just never matched the level of Sacramento state or Montana state. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they're they're a really nice team. Weber State's a nice team, but um, they just were third best in a really good conference, and I'm not sure but that's enough. They're one of those teams, though, that like they could they could catch a spark and really make some things interesting. Yeah, and so and so they to could. me, coach, like they are. I think they're probably the most dangerous of the unseeded teams because they, we they, know they, really they have are. that talent, and we know that they have the coaching. The you know the coach in place who can do some big things. And so I, I think now that would set up a matchup against Montana State in the second round, who team we've already seen beat them before and looks really, really strong right now. Seems like they are peaking at the right time of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, but the and, and that's why, SCS that's playoffs. why, yeah. And that's why Montana State is my pick to win this region. Um, I love them last year in the playoffs. I kind of joined the hype train. Uh, they just hosted game day against a pretty eh, seven of four, a D, a, D, a nice Montana team. You know what? Best Montana um, team it's been in, it's been in a minute because they've actually had some down yeah. years recently. Yeah, but but they took those Grizz to the woodshed. No pressure with game day there. Fifty five twenty one. Their last their last four games. You want to talk about clicking on offense? Here are their last four point totals: forty three, forty one, seventy two, 
55. You, you yeah. feel pretty good about that. Bobcat, and, Bobcat's got it going on, man. Yeah, and all those games will be in Bozeman, the way mm-hmm. uh, the home field advantage works. So, well, um, yeah. Yeah, let's, I mean, talk home field advantage. Let's move over to the 2 7 part um, because Sac State, who we also just mentioned, um, another team who's dominant at home. And I think out of, I feel very strong about them sort of running away with this quadrant. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen like, we've seen good Paladin teams, you know, good Furman teams before. We've seen powerful offenses out of Incarnate Word, but I don't think anyone can match what Sac State has over here, coach. No, they, no, they can't. They really can't. I mean, it's, uh, they're just, they're explosive, man. They're, they're yeah, just. Absolutely. And, and if you look at when it comes to like big conference football, FCS football, Josh, you got mm-hmm. Sac State, you got Richmond. Everyone else is from some of these lesser conferences over here and down in this quadrant of the, the bracket, which is why I really like Sac State. West Coast West Coast FCS yeah. football is mm-hmm. is really kind of like a mixture of like a more physical brand of Pac-12, if that's possible. No, that, um, that, coach, that actually makes sense because they use a lot of they, they're still spreading it out like scheme wise a little yeah. bit more, but they are incorporating you know more design run. So yeah, I, I mean, there's I, a I lot of RPO game analogy. here, a lot of. I mean, I, I really you know. Um, going back and looking at these yeah. uh, highlights of Sac State and Weaver State, I mean, the, these games are super competitive. Eastern Washington's no yeah. slouch. I mean, you know, you've got you know Cal Poly, you've got different teams in there that really can give you a nice run in preparation for the playoffs. So I feel like any of these any of these teams from out west are are very very much geared up for that. And and that's the last thing I want to say about this region, Coach. That out west. Every other team in this uh, region is from either the Eastern time zone or Central time zone. Lots of long trips out to Sac State. Um, you, you can't overlook that. It's going to play a factor. I mean, you, you've got one Central time zone, then you've got all Eastern. You've got yeah. Elon from North Carolina, yeah. Furman from South Carolina, Richmond from Virginia, Davidson from North Carolina. So yeah. you've got two regional games, and then they both have to travel one Either has to travel Texas. To Texas. Yeah, and the other one's you should go, you, sh- you should watch Incarnate Word, though. Their quarterback, yes. Lindsey Scott Jr. Yes. Uh, coach, you like offense. Have you seen a stat lines? Can I introduce you to 3,762 yes. passing yards, four interceptions, and he's had a couple touchdowns on the year. He's he's thrown 50 of them. I, I, feel, like that could, uh, I feel like they move the ball pretty good. See, that's the thing, though, Josh. Like, you, you, like those are really impressive stats, right? Lindsey Scott, you know, yeah. what did he have? 3,791. Lindsey Scott, Lindsey Scott, Scott. Tim DeMoret from Fordham, 4,561 passing yards. They they upset Nevada, <laughs> but I wouldn't really call it an upset because Incarnate Word was the better team. <laughs> well, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it an upset, considering how much Nevada lost from last year's uh, squad. Uh, okay, Ooh, quickly, that, uh, we've got the North Dakota State Samford, North Dakota State, uh, nine and two on the season, but uh, one of those losses was uh, to was an FBS loss. I'm blanking on which which FBS team they lost to, but it was I think it was a Power Five team. Um, but North Dakota State, they also lost to South Dakota State. One of the big reasons South Dakota State is the number one team in the country, and frankly, we've been talking about it for a while. South Dakota State has been knocking on the door. Um, Josh, do you think, think this is the get year? There. Do you, do you, Josh, do you think this is the year that North Dakota State doesn't even make the Final Four? 
Ooh, that's that's an intriguing question. Because I think the Sanford um, team is has some intriguing yeah. things around it. I mean, they're they're ten and one. They have you know a really well rounded team. But I'm not. What sure I like about them. what I like about the Sanford team is they can really kind of like matched up against a North Dakota State team. They can give them fits by spreading them out. They have athletes. They have a good quarterback. They. You know they play a more physical brand of football than I've seen from this Sanford program in quite some time, and this is probably the most physical Sanford team I've seen. And and they're you know Chris Hatcher does a really good job over there. The uh, the interesting thing though for Sanford is is if uh, if Idaho takes care of southeastern Louisiana, which they should just based on their conferences and pedigree of the conference, but um, Idaho brings with them a really special wide receiver, Hayden Hatton, 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. He's a special kid. Idaho has had some just really impressive games, um, including um, one of their losses is about as impressive as you could get. They went to Sacramento State and went toe-to-toe with them, losing ultimately just by a field goal. So the Vandals, uh, no slouches. This is a really really rough region for a three seed. They did no favors for North Dakota state. Obviously they'll get to play in Fargo, which, which favors them. But uh, Montana is not, you know, going to be scared. They play in a major conference. Southeast Missouri state is a conference foe of North Dakota state. So they're used to playing them. Samford coach talked about why they're good in Idaho. I just talked about why they're good. So this is this is not uh, you know stamp it like South Dakota State. Th- this is going to be a tough trip for the Bison, and I think even if they do make the Final Four, uh, this bison. is going to be a bumpier. Yeah, this is going to be a bumpier road because as the three seed, that means in the semifinals, uh, they're playing a team on paper that's better than them, and most likely Sacramento State. So yeah. um, f- so my semis were South Dakota State, Montana State. North Dakota State, I think, is going to win it uh, and survive. And then Sacramento State. I know that's chalk. I know people don't want to hear that. Uh, I've got South Dakota State winning their semifinal. I have Sac State, though, uh, finally a bridge too far for North Dakota State, losing my championship game, Jack Rabbits and Sac State. Uh, Matt, I'm joining you. Sac State or um, uh, South Dakota State, wire to wire, has been the most impressive team for me. They should have beat my Hawkeyes week one. I've got yep. Jackrabbits winning the national title. Yeah, I've got Jackrabbits all the way. Um, but I, I have to go with an unseated team. I always have to go with one unseated team t- to make a run. Ooh, so you, you, you can probably guess who it is. It's Weber State. I think. It's, State. I, I think the fact that they have had that loss yeah. against Montana State. It, you know, it, it's a conference team. Always have to be a conference team twice. So give me Weber State um, unseated. Besides that, I'm feeling pretty chalky, and I've got yeah. South Dakota State over uh, Sac State in the title. My undefeated or my unseated sleeper are those Vandals. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish they could have all their games at the Kibbe Dome. Who doesn't like that? Uh, but but they're What's kind that? of an unseated. Yeah, they're kind of an unseated team that uh, I think is a lot better than their seven and four record. Absolutely. Yeah. An unseated team to watch out for. I, I'm. I'm gonna say, you know, obviously Weber State. I think is way better than uh, than their unseated uh, ranking. But I, I think Fordham is a team that that needs to be taken seriously. I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna make a run. Uh, I don't think they're gonna get past South Dakota State uh, to make it to the Final Four. But I do think they 
I do think they give it a go, um, honestly. Uh, and I think Sanford gives it a go uh, from that from that side of it. I think they upset North Dakota State. I think they just it's just a weird matchup there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sanford's going to be battle tested after getting past Josh's sleeper team, the Idaho Vandals. Uh, coming from the coming from the uh, south bracket, right? Actually, whatever bracket you want to decide that is, the lower right quadrant. Um, I'm gonna the two seven you know, quadrant, the two seven the, quadrant, the, the twenty seven quadrant. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with incarnate word coming out of there. Oh, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm feeling a little I'm I'm feeling a little less chalky here. Probably need coach some is chalk. feeling you know I mean with, with with that offense, coach is feeling borderline offensive. I'm very offensive, <laughs> and then uh, then the Bobcats coming out. Um, despite Weber okay, State's State. best, all right. Despite Weber State's best efforts, um, Coach, I, do I love think it. William and Mary's going to be all over the winner of Eastern Kentucky Gardner Webb, and I think well, William and Mary Montana State will be a phenomenal game. I think Montana State gets the better of them, yeah, and then my care. national yeah. my national champion. Uh, I will say the Jackrabbits are going to beat Incarnate Word in the championship game. I like that, Ooh, Coach. I like oh. that a lot. Um, All right. And uh, one one interesting note uh, today was a fa- or yesterday I should say uh, Monday uh, was effectively Portal Day for FCS players. All the dudes ended their season and they all went into the portal. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You guys thought last year was crazy in the portal. How many did Iowa get? You haven't seen nothing <laughs> yet. I mean, no one's accepting anyone yet. Obviously, Hopefully, somebody's not. offensive coordinator. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it is. It's going to be insane. <laughs> and uh, just a note, if there are any players out there listening and you are hitting the portal, just remember 70% of players who hit the portal last year did not find a new home. Yeah. So um, yeah. with that, though, uh, Josh, one of your favorite things to do uh, every year is to yeah. run us through some conference title game scenarios. Josh, you have eight minutes. The floor is yours. Uh, you can ask go. questions. You can go ahead and just rant. I don't care. It, But all right. it's all yours. All right. Well, I like to crunch the numbers. Uh, I'm just going to go alphabetically by conference. So we'll start with the American, and we have uh, four teams sniffing around. We got Cincinnati at six and one, Tulane at six and one, Central Florida at five and two, Houston at five and two. These are, of course, their conference records. So the American tiebreaker is the highest ranked team in the CFP poll, which was just released. Um, what, like two hours ago, maybe something about that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's take a look at the most. Yeah, that was, that was released uh, about two and a half hours ago as we, uh, as we, as we are here on uh, Tuesday night. Um, but the polls, uh, I mean, this top, what top four stayed the same, uh, LSU up to number five, USC up to number six with Tennessee in a free fall. I believe Alabama is. Seven, you guys know that Alabama is somehow going to end up in the college football playoff despite not winning their own division. (laughs) Yeah, so for the American title race, uh, Tulane is 19th in that poll. Central Florida is 22nd, and Cincinnati is 24th. And Houston is nowhere in it. So what does this mean? So the um, that's the tiebreaker. So... With Houston not being ranked at all, um, and Houston also lost to Tulane, um, they're they're effectively done, even though they could win and get get to six and two. So, um, 
Cincinnati and Tulane, they play this weekend. The winner is automatically in. That's locked in. Um, and so then we get to this weird thing with Central Florida. Central Florida lost to Navy, which makes this kind of weird. If they had beaten Navy, Central Florida was already clinched. So um, whoever loses in the Cincy Tulane game is 6-2. and two. And if Central Florida beats South Florida, which we would expect, they'll also be six and two. So in that scenario, what's going to happen? Well, it's it's going to be kind of a, a terrible, like, oh, crap, that's sort of unfair. Cincinnati's already behind Central Florida. So if Cincy loses, they're done. If Tulane loses, they'll probably slide past Central Florida. So that's why basically it's Central Florida wins, they're in. Um, and the winner of the Cincy Tulane game is also in. We get some weird scenarios, though, that if South Florida were to beat since were to beat Central Florida, things would get kind of weird. So uh Cincy Tulane winner in and hosting automatically. Central Florida would be five and three, so their record would be out. The Cincy Tulane loser would be six and two, and therefore still in the running. And if Houston beats Tulsa, they'd be six and two. Then we get back to the ranking scenario. So it's kind of a strange thing. The simplest thing is assume Central Florida will blow out awful South Florida, um, and then assume that Central Florida will either be traveling to New Orleans <laughs> or Cincinnati. And this is why, as bad as the Big Ten West is, it's nice to have divisions because this whole jumbled up thing is really freaking annoying uh so with that in mind uh anything about the american title race intrigue either of you gentlemen not i mean honestly uh Tulane's letdown here at the end of the season has kind of put a little bit of cold water on everything for me that was such a fun story and they I was really enjoying that. They, they had one narrow loss, and then they came back and obliterated SMU. <laughs> it's still a letdown. All right. Need okay, well, well, the next conference is way easier. It's the, Ameri- it's the uh, ACC. Clemson and North Carolina is already set. Yep. The, Big nope. 12, the Big 12 is all but set. TCU is already locked in. Kansas State is in with a win over their rival, Kansas. Texas is in with a win over Baylor and a Kansas State loss. Uh, you guys see, uh, you see Texas sneaking in here at the wire. Uh, Kansas no. is going to give it all that they can, but I think that I th- they gave. I think that uh, Leopold also just signed a contract extension. <laughs> uh, they yeah. gave it to him before the game because they knew it would look weird to give it to him after the game, um, yeah. after they inevitably lose to Kansas State, who has who is locked in. Um, oh. And guys, uh, also this show right here, we need some props. All three of us had K-State in the Big 12 title game this year. I don't think there is an outlet out there that was as bullish on K-State as the three of us here at Illegal Motion, and we are vindicated, my friends. There we go. Vindicated, uh, bro. Uh, not vindicated. Our takes on Sunny Ducks. We won't revisit yeah. those. <laughs> um, no, those. Big those, 10. Those aren't. Yeah. <laughs> big 10. Let's get to the Big whoa, 10. Whoa, uh, whoa, big whoa, 10. Hold on. Uh, oh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold you're eating on my clock. Yeah. I got two two minutes left. Kansas State does absolutely get into the Big 12 title game. All right, go ahead. There we go. 
Love it. Uh, Big Ten, uh, the East is pretty simple. The winner of the game between Ohio State and Michigan is in. Uh, The West, Iowa has the clearest path. If they win Black Friday against Nebraska, they're in. If Iowa loses to Nebraska and Purdue beats Indiana, Purdue is in. If Iowa and Purdue lose, but Illinois beats god-awful Northwestern, Illinois will still get to go. If everyone that I just mentioned loses, Iowa still actually goes to the title game because they have the tiebreaker over Wisconsin and Minnesota. So the winner of the Axe game would join Iowa at 5-4, and four, uh, but the Hawks have the head-to-head over Purdue and then Wisconsin and Minnesota. So a Iowa five and four in back. conference, Iowa would be the most Big Ten West thing of all yeah. time. Also, having watched Nebraska last week, um, <clears throat> Josh, if Iowa can't beat Nebraska, <laughs> I mean that offense is historically inept. Uh, no, it's it's, it's going to be don't jinx things. It, it's going to be the winner of the game versus Iowa. I feel very confident yeah. in that right now yeah. but hey you never know oh speaking of which uh coaching openings uh it's Ooh. all but confirmed jim leonard it will be the uh we'll know we'll have the interim tag taking off taken off of him um on sunday <laughs> so that's what winning that's what winning the heroes trophy does <laughs> apparently it gets the interim tag taken off you because you get those 12 extra bowl practices there we go uh conference usa utsa our roadrunner buddies we love them meet meet they've already clinched home field for the title game, they will be joined by North Texas if they beat Rice. If West Jeff Kentucky, Trailer get a look at any of these jobs, Ooh. he should. Uh, no, he should. Uh, but he just signed a he just signed a big yeah. extension last offseason, and he's a guy who is very loyal to the state of Texas. He would yeah. not leave UTSA for another job unless it was a Power Five job within the state of Texas. That is the only way I see Ooh. him ever leaving UTSA. There we go. Uh, so Western Kentucky, they will be the ones going to San Antonio if they beat Florida Atlantic and North Texas loses. Kind of a side note, uh, North Texas plays Rice um, and Western Kentucky plays FAU. Both those teams, FAU and Rice, are five and six. So there's some weird upset potential because both those teams are going to try and make a bowl game. Uh, the MAC was decided today. Toledo had clinched the West a while ago. Ohio needed to win their game tonight here in Maction. They did, uh, which avoids kind of an interesting scenario that could have happened with Buffalo, but that's all taken off the table now. Uh, Buffalo will reschedule their game against Akron during uh, title week as they try and get to um, bowl eligibility. Uh, the Mountain West is also set. Uh, Boise State, they clinched uh, last Saturday with their win over uh, Wyoming. And Fresno clinched a little bit earlier in the season uh, thanks to having a tiebreaker over San Diego State. Uh, The title game will be Fresno traveling to Boise. The Pac-12 is another divisionless train wreck. Uh, USC has clinched the title spot, the title game. So who will they face? Uh, Oregon has the easiest path with... They just got to win the Civil War. Uh-huh. Easier uh, said than done this year. Yeah. We will talk yes. about mm-hmm. Washington is in if they win the Apple Cup and Oregon State wins and either UCLA or Utah loses. Uh, the Bruins face Cal and Utah faces Colorado. Utah is still alive. Utah is in with a win over Colorado. 
Washington wins the Apple Cup, Oregon State wins the Civil War, and UCLA takes business uh, takes care of business against Cal. And Georgia wins clean old fashioned hate. <laughs> yeah. So uh, out and of Wisconsin all that, ties for the axe. Out of all that train wreck, uh, this is not who do you think will win. Who do you and want? Hawaii wins? <laughs> who do you want USC to play? Uh, who do I want them to play? I yeah, just what would be the f- most fun matchup Washington. out of the teams that are still alive? Oregon, Oregon or Washington. Washington. I, I like Washington just because I like Washington. I like watching Washington play. And You also want to see Penix go up against that defense. That's really what I'm here for. I want to see Penix throw for like 650 yards and seven touchdowns. <laughs> and so the team they can do that best against is USC. No. Um, and, still, no. and still lose by three. <laughs> Somehow. Oh, they would absolutely still still lose yeah. the three. They, it would be 66-63. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, any Pac-12 opinions? No, nah, you never watch these games. You're asleep. You're asleep on the couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, I, I am passed out. I, no, I, I did watch the USC-UCLA game, though. Most of it. Nice. When I, when I switched um, over from Tennessee. Um, yeah. It, I would like to see Oregon, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think they're – they're one of the more complete teams in, in, in the conference. And, I don't uh, want to see you. Let's just put it this way. I don't want to see Utah. So um, I, I, I've, we've already seen USC Utah. I, I don't need to see it again. And I don't want to. I just I feel like we know who Utah is at this point. I still like feel like I can get a little bit more out of Oregon or Washington. Um, yeah, if it's not Oregon, Washington. But yeah. uh, and I'm saying not Washington, Washington, Oregon. I mean, my, All right, know, obviously, but, my dream was UCLA, but my dreams yeah. get crushed like they do every day. Yeah. Oof. Living in like America. Every time every I play, week. like every time I play on FanDuel, my dreams get crushed. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. The I last know. two. I only play at betonline.ag, coach, and my dreams are no. never lost there. Never lost. <laughs> the, the, never lost. The last two Maybe conferences it. down there in coach's land, uh, the SEC, that one's already set, Georgia, LSU. Uh, the Sun Belt, though, we got uh, an interesting thing. LSU Coastal has, family. Yeah. Uh, Coastal's clinched um, because James Madison is barred from any postseason appearances. Um, so even if the Dukes beat Coastal 500 nothing in their final game of the season, it doesn't matter. So that's kind of always the dumb, stupid rule that we hate. Um the West has two teams at six and one, Troy and South Alabama. And uh, sadly, they they actually don't play each other in the finale. They already played Troy uh, one head to head. So if Troy beats Arkansas State, they face Coastal. If Troy loses and South Alabama beats Old Dominion, South Alabama goes. If they both lose, Troy also moves on. Um, kind of a weird fluke. Um, Arkansas State is dead last in the West, and Old Dominion is dead last in the East. So neither has anything to play for. So it would take a just absurd, colossal letdown at the final moment for by Troy or South Alabama to drop their game and uh, and spoil an opportunity to make the. So it, it's going to be it's going to be Coastal versus Troy is really what it boils down to. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah. And I so, picked I picked Troy preseason, so yeah. Um, go, coach, go shots clears. I, I we're already way over in this segment, yeah. but I this, I know. But whatever, I have I have something I have to ask Coach about because <laughs> yeah, Coach, like there was a while where Arkansas State was one of the best, one of the strongest group of five teams 
year in. Butch Jones, baby. <laughs> what? Your cousin used to coach there. What on yeah. earth has happened? Because that program has become a straight dumpster fire. Well, Butch you Jones. know who you know who the head coach is, right? I mean, it's Butch, but like, is it ju- is that is it just Butch? Is like that? Like, I don't. I mean, baffling. you know, I, they started going downhill a little bit when when uh, Blake Anderson was dealing yeah. with some of his, some of those health issues that he was dealing with and stuff with his wife too. And, yeah. Um. So they started kind of going downhill then, and then he left for Utah State, or he actually did. He took a year off and then went to Utah State, I believe, right? Um. And then they hired brick by brick and. He just they just quit getting recruits. The 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 conference got better with Coastal, Appalachian State, Georgia Southern got better. Now James Madison enters. You got more people fighting for the same batch of Southern recruits. Uh, so even it's Troy, just a combination of Troy, South Alabama up their game. Like you know, they have. I mean, everyone everyone down there is is leapfrogging them, and it's been kind of crazy to watch. Um, just Arkansas yeah, I mean, the needs outside. a change. They just the, they the just thing, need a change. I mean, Butch yeah, the, Jones is he's he's a walking mo- cheesy motto guy. Like he just spit. He's like a Pez dispenser. He's, he, for he's a mottos. he is a yeah. He is a walking cliche in every single way. So and I mean okay. the the thing the uh, just tying a bow on it. The thing about it is we we sometimes remember like oh man they were winning title after title after title. They had that dynasty in the in the Sun Belt. Their last title from that dynasty was 2016, so it's been a minute. Yeah, I, I guess like it, at least it felt like at least like 2018, 2019, they were like in the it conference every got better. season at least. Let, let's, so. just, let's just be honest. With you. The conference got better, and then they downgraded head coach when. Oh yeah, I mean it's, it's, it's a giant, so. giant step down. All right, yeah. it's time for us though to move on to spread formations, picking the biggest yeah, games. We gotta go fast against the spread. Uh, gentlemen, uh, oh, last week we didn't pick any games on the season. Coach is 40 and 28. Josh is 38 and 30. I'm 35 and 33. Uh, you're in the money, baby. Just listen here. Uh, we are going to start with the game. Uh, it is the Michigan game. at Ohio State. Ohio State, Josh, is a 7.5-point favorite at home. The over-under is 57. Uh, you are the man with the Big Ten blog here. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, Blake Corum, you know, got banged up, didn't play uh, most of the second half. His status, they say he's good to go, but uh, it, it was a pretty nasty uh, knee that it looked like. Um, without him, that's a huge piece away from Michigan's offense. And, and I got to be honest, J.J. McCarthy hasn't shown me much at all this season. I don't like his ball security. Against Illinois, uh, all he needed was a field goal. He threw a couple really ill-advised passes on the final drive. Uh, one got tipped at the line and could have, maybe even should have, if uh, Illinois' secondary had been a little bit more on it, picked off, and then Illinois wins the game. Uh, I've kind of been out on J.J. for, for most of the season, and uh, I just I don't like Michigan in this spot. I think Ohio State covers Ohio State is the real deal. Coach. Yeah, this game's in the shoe to, to boot. They're pissed off from last year. <laughs> um, people are doubting them. Was that, a, them. Was that an intended to, pun? <laughs> it's in the shoe. It's in the shoe. No, yeah. he said in the shoe to boot. Oh, yeah. I didn't even, well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
All right, score so one yeah. for the yeah, coach. So you're on the Buckeyes. Well, yeah, I'm on the Buckeyes. Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna roll, dude. Uh oh, this is dangerous because I'm on the Buckeyes too, and not not just that though. Um, CJ Stroud has his Heisman moment. It is mm. this is the game that he. I mean, he's going to go big. I'm talking five touchdowns, 330, 340 yards, no turnovers. I think that OSU is starting, starting to put everything together. Jim Knowles' defense is finally coming together. You remember after that scare last week against uh, Maryland. Yeah, but I think it was 33. I think OSU. I think it's OSU's time. MikeFailSports.com, a great article from uh, one of our columnists, Alex Bryan, on how this, how and why this will be CJ Stroud's Heisman moment. Make sure you check that out over at MikeFailSports.com, one of our featured articles. Um, so, yeah, all three of us here on the Buckeyes heading over to the Palmetto Bowl. Uh, South Carolina's at Clemson. Clemson's a 14 and a half point favorite. Uh, Clemson is a 14 and a half point favorite at home. Oh, Josh, over under 50. Two points. Oh, where you at after watching Spencer Rattler uh, turn into freaking uh, NCAA fourteen quarterback on like easy mode? Well, uh, I I got a, a Man, slight uh, confession to make. Um, These are a few weeks a few weeks ago, Clemson was uh, seven point favorites against uh, Louisville. Whoa. Louisville had just Louisville had just won four straight games, and I was like, I was like, ah, Louisville's kind of frisky. They can hang around in that game. They can find a way to to somehow lose by a nope. field goal. No, um, Clemson still has that defense, and just South Carolina has been very erratic because what did they do a week before? Beating Tennessee, they scored six they, points in the swamp. <laughs> oh, they get they get freaking destroyed yeah. in the swamp. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna take Clemson because it's gonna be a classic uh, letdown by South Carolina. They're all believing they can uh, win the rivalry for the first time in 38 million years, and they're gonna get just absolutely deflated, Coach. Yeah, I, I, it, it's hard. It's hard to really. It's hard to pick for Clemson and against Clemson. So I really don't know. <laughs> um, you know, South Carolina. You don't know what you're going to get there. It's well, coach. Clemson. I mean, that, that's why they. That, that's, that's why our friends like. out in the desert or our friends over at BetOnline.ag put the lines where they do because it's. I mean, that's why half the money's on one side, half the money's on the other side, and so that's give, give me, what makes it me, so tough. That's how the cookie crumbles. Give me Clemson <laughs> and the under on this one. This is going to be an ugly game. Oh, yeah. See, Coach, you and I are on the same wavelength here. I am hammering the under here. I think this is like a 23-10 to 10 kind of game. I think there's just going to be mistakes. Both teams are going to come out super tight. Or South Carolina is going to come, up, come in overjuiced. Clemson's going to have to be woken up after a quarter and a half on offense. And it's just going to yeah. be a rock fight uh, with sloppy turnovers. Like I could see this being like a five, six, seven turnover game to some ugly, ugly crap going down there in the Palmetto state. Uh, yeah. Civil war, Josh, Oregon, three point favorite on the road at 
uh, Oregon State. You love the Beavers. Uh, over under here is 58. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, when I was running through, um, the things I liked from the last few weeks, and I mentioned Washington and, and Oregon State, I tongue twisted myself. I, I mentioned that Oregon played, uh, Oregon State this week in in Outson. I, I was thinking about Washington was playing at Outson a few weeks ago, um, and I, I doubled up on that. Yeah, the game is in Corvallis, so I apologize for misspeaking earlier. Um, I absolutely adore this Oregon State team, and uh, maybe it's because they're like reminiscent of Iowa where they're awesome defense, maybe not always the greatest offense, but I just want to – um, shower Oregon State with their incredible schedule. Beat Boise. They're in the Mountain West title game. Beat Fresno. They're in the Mountain West title game. Beat Montana State, one of the best teams in FCS. Lost by a field goal to USC. Turned that game into a slobber knocker 17-14. They had their one clunker on the road in elevation at Utah. Hey, Every team that has happens. a clunker. Look at a lot of look teams. At what I, a lot of teams yeah. going to Utah and lose. Rice Eccles yeah. is the loudest stadium in the yeah. country. They they uh, regained their footing, ripped off three straight against Stanford, Washington State, and Colorado. I know two of those teams are awful, but co- but Washington State they are a nice team. Washington State's won seven games this year. Oregon's been awful bowling. for Oregon State's been yeah. awful for decades. So yeah. Then they then they went to Seattle. Good win. Went to Seattle, only lost by a field goal. And then the last two weeks, 38-10 over Cal, 31-7 to over Arizona State, obliterated those two weak opponents. I'm leading to this. I have been a believer in Oregon State all season long. Give me the points. I have them pulling the upset. All right, Josh, uh, making my Washington title, dream, title game dreams come true against USC. We will see because we'll talk about the Apple Cup here in a little bit, though. First, Coach. Yeah, it, I, I was gearing up for you to say, I lead up to this to say, give me Oregon. No, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're going to pull the corso on us. <laughs> that would have been that would have been hilarious. And I'm, I'm taking the Ducks here, uh, minus three. If it was a bigger line, I would take the points here. But I'm going to take the Ducks minus three. I think they have a bounce back game here, um, and I, I say bounce back. They won last week, but. Um, I will say they're going to play themselves. They got a lot to play for. They're going to get the Big Twelve. They're going to get the Pac-12 title game here. Maybe even the Big Twelve title game if they're lucky. So, um, Matt, I'm taking the under uh, in Corvallis. I don't know. I I see it as a coin flip game, but I know it's going to be low scoring because it's going to get gnarly in Corvallis. So I'm second game in a row. Give me the under. Let's go to the Governor's Cup. Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State has to win this. Kansas State win they're into the Big 12 title game, 11 and a half point favorite at home over under 62 and a half, Josh. Yeah, this one is is unfortunately a, a business that Kansas State has to win. They want to be in the Big 12 title game. Um, so you know, rivalry week, they should have already been focused. Chance of the Big 12 title game, they should have already been focused for that too. You add those two together. I think they're gonna be doubly focused. I think they take care of business. I don't think they absolutely obliterate their rival, but I think they win by about 14 points and cover. All right. So Josh likes the cover coach. Yeah, I do too. I, I like the cover here. They're, they're, they're a much more physical team. This is a tough matchup for the Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be at Jayhawks impressive run this season to 
really yeah, going just bowling. Kind of make a, they're going yeah, bowling the, for the first time in a while. I will say one, one thing I will say, man. I mean, those Kansas kids play hard. They might be playing hard knowing their coach is going to be there. He's been suspect of a lot of rumors that he would be mm-hmm. going, you know, he's been tied to Nebraska. He's been tied to Wisconsin. He's been tied to some of these open jobs. He's doubling down. He's staying. I could see these kids fighting hard for him. One thing I do see is a lot of points here. I'm taking the over 62 and a half. I heard he's staying because he's a big fan of basketball and loves going to Fog Allen. Well, I mean, you know what? If, if that's what floats his boat, that's what floats his boat. Um, you know, uh, good it, for him, I suppose. You know what? You know what? I'm actually, I'm very tangent. I'm very happy he's staying. I'm very, oh, very too. happy he's staying. This is the best outcome for all parties involved. Because if he can truly build, because he he's someone that can win anywhere. We've seen it. I'm glad he is actually going to really stay and really build something here at Kansas they're killing it in the portal. I'll, I'll already tell you that they are. They're going to be one of the most active teams in the portal. Um, it might be a little boomer bust here for a minute, but they are. He is going to build something there, assuming he does stick around. Because now he's not going to Nebraska. He's not going to Wisconsin. Those are the two jobs he was tied to. So I'm very happy he is staying uh, in at Kansas. Heard Brian um, Ferris is going to Nebraska. Um, did, <laughs> did I? Did you get my official pick of Kansas State? Because that's what that's yes, what I'm he going did. With. Yes, we okay. did. Uh, let's talk about the Jules Shillelagh, uh, one of my favorite words in uh, Gaelic. Notre Dame at USC. USC you is call on- only a five-point favorite at home in the Coliseum with an over-under at 64. Josh, uh, it surprises me how much uh, the books like Notre Dame here as a one-loss USC team at home is only a five-point favorite over them. Yeah, I think that's a credit to uh, to what Marcus Freeman and, and Notre Dame's done. I mean, when they started out 0-2 with that loss to Marshall, they were a butt of many a jokes. Uh, then they got to 3-2 and two and then lost to Stanford, and they returned to being a butt of many a jokes. Uh, but they haven't lost since that Stanford team. Their offense has really come alive, uh, no more so than dropping 35 on Clemson. Uh, aided, of course, by a pick six. Um, Clemson. Yeah. yeah. So I, that five makes me nervous. If it yeah. had been, if it had been a little bit more, I would have loved to take the points. If it had been a little bit less, I would have taken USC. But five's making me nervous. So I'm going to play to a strength, which is USC's offense. And Notre Dame's offense has also come alive. They're not the yep. offense that we laughed at earlier in the season. I think nice weather, sunny LA. I see that 64 getting getting toasted. Coach. Yeah, I'm gonna take USC minus five and the over. Uh uh, we are all on the over. It's gonna end up 17 to 10. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, three to two. <laughs> It's going to be a game Brian Ferentz loves. It's going to be a uh, Frank Beamer special. All right. Uh, Apple Cup, one of the, uh, another one of the great rivalries in the sport of college football. Washington at Washington State. Huskies, a point and a half favorite on the road, over under 61. Uh, again, Josh, I mean, Washington really has something to play for here. Yeah, you you know you just don't walk into Martin Stadium after Thanksgiving in the Palouse. It, it, there could be five feet of snow on the ground. We have no idea the, the, what's you, going. There on. might be fog that you can't see two yards in front of you. He, with 
Yeah, and uh, Washington State's had a really That's what nice you need Randall season. Cunningham. Yeah. Washington State's had a really nice season. They've won seven games. Uh, they went on the road and knocked off Wisconsin, uh, lost by a field goal to Oregon. Um, but uh, but their last three games, all winners, but Stanford, Arizona State, and Arizona, the last time they played really anybody in Washington's zip code was Utah. They lost that one. They also lost to Oregon State. They also lost to USC. The trend here is their four losses are elite teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, really, really so, good teams. So Washington State is a very nice team. They're going to go to a bowl. I would hate to play this team in a bowl. So I think they'll get to eight wins. I just think Washington is a pinch above their weight this year. And with that small of a a spread, I'm going to take the Huskies. Coach. Yeah, the Huskies are playing for a lot right now, uh, trying to get to the Pac-12 title game. Um, it's a one and a half point spread, so it's basically a pick 'em. So I'm, I'm yep. going to take the Huskies here. Uh, I feel like this is an easy one. Yeah, I I'm with both you guys here, and the other place I'm at is I'm all over the over as well because, uh, you know, I think that both these teams have really potent offenses. Now the weather obviously could play a factor. Yeah, I was about to say with the weather in Martin mm-hmm. Stadium. Yeah, I, that's I, the one I, thing to worry about. So I think. To, on game day, it's, turns out it's it, the Palouse. It, it, it's the Palouse. I wouldn't do an over under in October or September. I will be uh, five minutes before five minutes before kickoff. I might be uh, you know checking in on the local Doppler radar to see to see what's up. Um, if I, before I place an over under in this one, but uh, I think we're all on the Husky train here because they're playing. They're really playing for something. Uh, they're going to get double digit wins one year after the absolute debacle with Jimmy Lake. Are you kidding me? Like Kalen DeBoer, like, you know, kudos to you, dude. Like you've done an awesome job. This has been I am so, so excited for our award show though, because I think coach of the year this year for the country is the single toughest award to figure out. This has been so obviously Brian Harson. For- uh, this has been so doubly embarrassing for um, for Jimmy Lake. I, I don't know if he'll ever get another job. I mean, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to be like a DB's coach at like an at, at a group of five school at this point oh. because it's gonna be it's gonna be a minute because he's taken mostly the same roster and turned them into what is pretty much guaranteed to be a double digit win team. Okay, finally, uh, our last rivalry of the week that we have to end with. I mean, it's the Colorado game of the week. Or as as I like to call it during rivalry week, the battle of the Pac-12 Johnny Come Latelys. Utah is a thirty-point favorite at Colorado, over under fifty-two and a half. Uh, Utah, I guess. I mean, U- Utah has to win if they have any modicum of a shot to make it to the Pac-12 title game, Josh. So, I mean, we know they're playing for something. Yeah. Just how much they're going to want to beat down Colorado. Yeah, so that's the thing. They are mathematically still alive. They have to win. Uh, the other games that hinge on things are Pac-12 after dark, so they have no benefit of you know knowing what the outcome is. So they got to keep the their foot to the pedal. And so I've got Colorado winning, or I've got Utah winning. Obviously, I have them covering because they're going to blow them out because Colorado's awful. 
I also have it going over. And the reason I have it going over is here are the last few point totals given up by Colorado. 42, 42, 49, 55, 54. There's a very good chance Utah <laughs> clears the over themselves. Coach. Ooh. <laughs> I might cop out here and take the uh, take the under. I like that I just critiqued uh, taking the over in Martin Stadium, and now I'm doing it in Boulder, where, like, who knows what the weather is going to be there. Yeah, the weather's going to suck, I think. Uh, so I'm going to take the Don't under care. here. Don't care. Don't Colorado care. sucks more than the weather. Yeah. Here's what I here's what I know. Colorado I'm going to say Utah's going to win like 33 to two, 33 to three. Well, like that. then that would be a push. So I am, but I'm taking. I mean, I'm taking Utah. That's why I'm taking I, I the under. That wouldn't be a push on the under. Yeah, but it is a it is yeah. a push on the spread. So uh, I'm I'm taking um, Utah. Well, I. I'll look again. This will be a game day, a game time decision when it comes to an over under based on weather. But I mean, Utah's gonna, you guys gonna smack them. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take the hit in our standings. But you know, real life advice to our listeners: uh, check the weather forecast, and then if it's if it's clear enough for some points, take the over. Yeah, really, what it boils down to in in both these in both these. Pac-12 games here to end it. All right. Well, speaking of ending it, we've gone over tonight, gents. So uh, we have got to end it for this evening. So uh, until next week, when we will be talking about championship week and what happened. And, oh, guys, do it's also next week, Josh? What What is the most morbidly exciting holiday we have in the entire college football schedule? SEC championship? Lou Holtz's birthday? Black Monday. Yeah, Lou Holtz's um. birthday. <laughs> so we will be, uh, there will be a lot of coach firings and hirings. We will have, uh, I will, there will be a coaching carousel pod in a couple weeks from now. That's always like maybe the most fun pod that we do all Brian year. Ferentz, Brian Ferentz, Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz to Nebraska. Ooh, we are, uh, I, I don't know what we're doing, but we're going to make it happen. Brian Ferentz to uh, Incarnate Word. Because <laughs> they, they need some good offense down there, I hear. I, they... Yeah. Hey, Brian uh, just, just one final thing before we truly end it. A big salute to Miami of Ohio with their win against Ball State tonight. The winner of the game was guaranteed a spot in my favorite random early bowl the, the Bahamas bowl. bowl. Oh, the Bahamas, the Bahamas bowl. bowl. They get to go to the Bahamas. That is yes. <laughs> if you listen, man, if you're well, not playing well. in a New Year's Six bowl, that's the best bowl, or, or in the playoff, that is the best bowl I, to be in. I want the Big Ten to have a tie into. Are you kidding? Like, bowl. but think about this. Think, <clears throat> think about this though. Do you know how good the Bahamas bowl is? Because it's one of the first games too. You get bowl season yeah. done with early you're yep. home for the holidays you've gotten mm-hmm. all the practices out of the way you've basically got yep. an extra two weeks off yes then you've been bowl and you've been in the freaking bahamas in the end of december gosh, when gosh, you've been gosh. in like the upper midwest <laughs> so are you saying the gasparilla bowl does not hold a candle to the bahamas bowl uh is that the bad boy mowers gasparilla bowl 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that, that's pretty much what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Bahamas Bowl may be – guys, I think I've, I've just figured it out. Here, Josh, here's my no, bowl no, no, rankings. No, 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 no. We are going to be the official podcast of the Bahamas Bowl, and they're yes. going to bring us to live show mm-hmm. from yeah. the Bahamas. I, I will it. go – I will do a Mac below who, – who do they play? Conference USA? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, I will do a Mac Conference USA show for two weeks straight if they are taking us – to the Bahamas Bowl. Here's my bowl rankings of games I would want. SI, to make it happen. Go. Let's hear it, Josh. The, number one, the granddaddy of them all. Granddaddy. Number two, oh, the Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> I've been to three Rose Bowls. I think the Bahamas Bowl might be number one for me. <laughs> the three greatest bowls. I'm not A, the Bahamas Bowl. Two, the Bahamas Bowl. Three, as you guessed it, the Bahamas Bowl. There it is. I, I mean, think about like even like a super prestigious bowl game. Like, Isn't it presented by Raising Cane's? Where are you? I don't, Dallas I don't know who, metro area. Yay. I don't know who's sponsoring the Bahamas Bowl this year, these days, but um, we, we can find like this Google out and make stuff. it happen. This should only take a cursory Google search. No, if, if I'm not going to the Bahamas Bowl, though. Hometown uh, Lenders Bahamas Bowl, uh, I believe. Are they lending me? Are, are, are we talking payday loans or, or, or house uh, or some mortgage? Title loans. Title um, loans. Okay. Get your title sure. back with sure. Title Max. Yeah. Sure. All Offering right. Free jingles, apparently. Yeah. I, I actually, coach, I, I I don't really hate that. I don't think it's uh, correct in terms of their business model. Getting, I don't think you get your title back, but you know, uh, you know, hey, I am not the NBA. Actually, I don't think any of us are MBAs that's on this their, podcast. Their, no, definitely not. That's their jingle, isn't it? Get your title back with Title Max. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard a Title Max jingle. So here we are on Title Max jingles. At the end of the 305th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast, gents, it's been a pleasure as always. That's how far we've come, folks. On behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in Nashville, Tennessee, with his amazing Pass Pro Shops uh, shirt on, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois, rocking the Hayden Fry Heroes Gabe. Oh, thank God we did not talk about that. I'm Matt Perkins, <laughs> saying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Speaking of another jingle, it's the best part of waking up. Folgers the in Heroes Game. <laughs> the Heroes best, Game. Best part of waking up is Soldiers in your cup. We're going to hit with a hit with a copyright infringement. <laughs>